Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday, July 7th, getting this final play to you. Midweek, midweek, lots of going on in the sports world, and uh, let's break it down. I mean, why not start with the number one overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence, finally signing his rookie deal, $36.8 million. Dollars for a rookie contract. Let's just say he's got money in the bank right now, guaranteed. He's a lot of that signing bonus. A lot of that's broken down within the next few years on signing bonuses. But it's only going to be a six million dollar cap hit, which is good. You're going to be able to build around him, build around him. You got fifth year option, and that's now the sixth rookie out of the nine that the Jags have signed. Uh, they're still waiting to sign Travis Etienne. The running back in the first round, cornerback Tyson Campbell, second round pick, and then offensive tackle Walker Little, second round pick. So, got to get those three guys signed. You know, under this the Urban Meyer era, as we're gonna call it, because you know he, he came in expecting to do a lot of things with this young squad. You know, he took a couple years off of college for health reasons, and he's back in the pros to get things done. So let's hope that he he can get his control of this team early and you know get them on the right track and uh, with Trevor Lawrence obviously that's the signing that was the most important they got it done and I'm I got good good ex- high expectations for the Jags coming on his rookie year uh, I've been you know griping about it and that's all I've been saying is Trevor Lawrence he's gonna have a winning season in his first year which I hope I'm proven right on that I, even if that's nine and eight I think that's overachieving of what the Jags Obviously did last year, only winning one game. Uh, so if, if the Jags can somehow be 500, well, just a game over 500 with the 17-game schedule now, I think they're going to be in a good position for the future, and, and you can do a lot. But Urban Meyer, to me now, is going to be whether or not this team is projected or propels itself in, into a winning organization or it's going to fall flat so you better not stunt the growth of Lawrence because I got really high expectations like I said for Lawrence and if Urban Meyer is already with the questionable calling of not hiring people let's uh let's hope that doesn't continue and his judgment is a little clearer down the road but so I like I said Jags I you know they're not finishing last in this division that, that's Houston with, with this whole Watson not Probably not going to play, it seems like. It's gone quiet over there as well. But I got the Jags, just like DJ Chark came out and said, hey, we're going to shock a lot of people. And I believe that. And I'm buying high on this stock while it's low. And a lot of people call me crazy, but, you know, they, they can compete for a potential wild card spot. That's that's how I am, high, how high I am on them. And, you know, the Tennessee Titans, a lot of people are hyped up on them just because they got Julio Jones. But I'm not sold on them they they've struggled outside of you know running the ball and 
you know, they got A.J. Brown over there, so it's, it's going to be a nice double threat there in, in the receiving core. But, I mean, their defense had a lot of issues last year. And in this offseason, it really didn't seem like they fixed all those issues. And so, you know, the pass rush is still got to get there. I think the Jags can even possibly compete for second place in that division. I think it's the Colts' division all the way. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz reunited with Frank Reich. Let's get him back on track and back into that MVP form. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a lot to show this year. And he, again, you know, he's got high expectations, but the team as a whole has low. So anything, you know, you can go and try and compare it to, you know, what Justin Herbert did his first year. Low expectations for that team. And for him, he wasn't even supposed to come in, but, you know, we all know the team doctor <laughs> punching the lung of uh, Tyrod Taylor and how that ended, and, and look at what they did when Herbert came in. So he, he shattered a lot of records, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I, I see Trevor Lawrence doing the same thing with less talent. I know they went out and got their, uh, you know, got some guys on offense to help him out, um, which is only going to help him, and, you know, you don't have a – uh, Keenan Allen type talent there in the receiving core, but DJ Chark has grown to become a number one. They have young, great talent. You know, young great talent. They got a thousand yard rusher back there in Robinson. It was a rookie last year, and then you bring in Etn, who who's a great pass catcher and, and could do multiple things as well. So and that's where the league's going. You got to have dual threat running backs in the backfield. Just give this quarterback, young quarterback, some more options. You know, you, you got to shore up that offensive line, which you know they struggled last year. Uh, I think if they can get Walker Little signed, that, that was a huge draft pick, I thought, in the second round that's going to help them. And just put them in a position to succeed. And I think that's exactly what the Jags have started to do. Whether these picks pan out, I mean, again, that's going to be on Urban Meyer and his team and how, how they judge talent. You know, he, he went with a lot of these big school guys in the draft. So, you know, he, he's Ohio State, Florida. Where he did his winning in college, you know, he, a lot of guys that he recruited as well is, is kind of who he went after in this draft because uh, he saw a lot in them. So we'll see if, you know, if, if that scouting report works out in the NFL. I mean, college is completely different. You get the best players, but th those best players don't always turn out as the best players in the NFL. So, uh uh, he's got a lot of work cut out for him, but if they can go nine and eight in first season with both of these guys, that's a win, and that exceeds all the expectations and the potential. You know, depending on how this AFC looks next year, uh, run at the wild card. I think wild card is the spot for them. Like I said, behind the Colts, Colts just have that be have the best roster in that division and one of the best rosters in the NFL. They're going to be up there competing for home field advantage. Uh, come playoff time. So I, I think you could take the Colts out of the equation. Um, it's Jags second place in that division. If, you know, Tennessee doesn't, I, I just, I think they're overhyped with the Julio Jones and we're, we're definitely going to see that come to fruition in, in my eyes. I, I, they didn't do enough for me defensively uh, to get right. And with, like I said, with Indy's offense getting better with Carson Wentz back there instead of an aging Phillip Rivers, who's still, got that team to 11-5 and five in his last season as he retired. And Carson Wentz still got some mobility. He's got arm strength. He's got talent. 
and the Colts have some talent on that offense, so it's going to be hard to stop them. But Tennessee, yeah, I, I, they got nothing to match except for that offense. But you know, you, you got to also stop teams from scoring. You, and Tannehill, he's been on the rise and increase in productivity each year since coming over. But I, you know, you give them all the help, and they still fall short in the playoffs and not being able to keep up with these, you know, high-powered offenses, which, you know, they're high-powered offenses as well on paper, um, but everybody's got to get their touches. And Julio, can he stay healthy? I mean, he, he's been hurt, it seems like, every year, missing games. And, you know, it, you don't have a reliable Corey Davis. You don't have John o. Smith back there anymore at tight end. Uh, so, yeah, you, you got a big name in Julio, but if he can't stay on the field, he, he's up there in age now too. Uh, and – it's kind of like A.J. Green going to Arizona. You know, Arizona made all these big signings, J.J. Watt. These guys can't stay healthy late in their careers, and how much are they really going to add value to that team? And that's what I feel about Julio. Is he really going to add that much value if, you know, he's sidelined for six games? That's that's a big chunk of games, and if he misses that, that that's six games uh, – you know, in the loss column, if they end up losing those that he's out, because you know you can't just rely on Derrick Henry the whole game and AJ Brown. I mean, you're going to be able, teams are going to be able to double AJ Brown and, and stack the box against Henry. And, and then what's your offense going to do? I mean, Tannehill hasn't shown that he can really take over by himself. He, he needs the help as well. So again, if Julio misses those six games, that's six games that you know could potentially change the season for Tennessee. And you know that, that's. That's scary. And then with Jags, as young as they are, up and coming, we're hoping, or I'm hoping they're up and coming, just with all the talent that they have sprinkled around and the signings and free agents that they were able to get. That's why I like Jacksonville, you know, pulling out a surprise here and leapfrogging to second place in that division. But we'll get to more NFL talk later. I want to jump right in. You know, we had the game one of the NBA Finals. Chris Paul's long-awaited, you know, finals appearance, his debut, and he f- it's nothing short than incredible. He took over. It, you kind of see in his eyes, you saw it last series in that final game. He just took over, and, and he, he knows it. He, he's, this, is, this is his legacy. He can go from probably the fifth best point guard to ever play the game to, you know, top two, top three. Uh, with just a finals win because everybody looks at trophies and even though it took him this long, but if he wins a finals MVP, which after that game one, I mean, with all the performances, I know Book played well, but, you know, it's eight for 21. The efficiency isn't there, which he, he struggled last series too. Uh, I think Chris Paul's the guy and what he was able to do for, you know, he's a, he, DeAndre Ayton has even said what he's done for his uh, season and his career, you know, changing his mindset. Getting him to be okay with uh, being a big guy who catches the ball and just, you know, he'll get his points and, and be a defender and, and look at what that's done in this playoffs. You know, Aiton showed up extremely well last night. And when you got a triple threat and these guys all making their first finals appearance, you know, the Suns haven't been here since, you know, what, over 20 years now. Uh, and, and the Bucks, you know, they haven't been since, you know, Luel Sindor was their center and and that was before he changed to Kareem so I I think the Suns locked down game one Bucks you know Giannis was testing that knee out and you know I'll, I'll get into that after 
his comments when he was asked about his knee. At the end of the day, I'm out there. Um, I feel good. I don't feel pain. You know, I can run. I can jump. Uh, I can set screens. You know, I can uh, rebound the ball. I can do stuff. So I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I haven't watched the clip, but when the play happened, I thought I'm going to be out for a year, you know. So I'm just happy that two two games later, I'm back. You know, the reporters, it seemed like everybody tried to make it, you know, he was trying to get on to different questions because I saw his frustration every time, uh, you know, question after question, it was about his knee. But, you know, that, that the chase down block that he had in that game showed me that his knee was A-OK -okay and ready to go. You know, he was feeling it out. First game back after hyperextending it, like he said, he hasn't watched the video of that play of his injury. You know, but he thought he's going to be out for a year. And the fact that he's back game one in these finals just shows the kind of dog that is in him. You know, he he wants to play. He's got to show out. He's got all these criticisms because he doesn't show up in the big moments. But you know, he's he's playing through injury, and I believe him when he says he's got zero pain. You know, he looked good out there. He, he was doing everything that Giannis does. It, it, a little tentative, but, I mean, as you would be first game back, I think he was just feeling it out. In game two, I think the Bucks could probably take game two. But that's about it. Steal one, and then the Phoenix. I think they just got the Bucks figured out too well in that first game, and they were in cruise control. You know, the Bucks got it to seven points late, you know, in, in early on in that fourth quarter, but it was really kind of over. Uh, halfway through the game. And uh, Chris Paul was just getting to his spots. Easy dump-offs to Aiton. Uh, you know, Booker got his, but like I said, Booker struggled a little offensively with the efficiency. But um, I thought overall the Suns had a great game plan, and the Bucks maybe because Giannis wasn't a uh, full go in their eyes or in their mind, maybe they were hesitant to throw some different things at the Phoenix Suns. But uh, I think they'll adjust. And it always kind of, you know, Phoenix has won, it seems like, every game in the uh, first game in these playoffs. And the uh, and the Bucks usually drop the first game. So I, I think the Bucks are going to be able to go back, watch the tape, and make a few adjustments. And, you know, they were playing drop coverage. At, you know, there was, you know, per some of these guys on ESPN and, you know, the, the um, commentators and everything, they were playing drop coverage and uh, switching a lot. And that's what kind of did them in. And you could see, you know, Brooke Lopez was lost out there. You can't have him switching on Chris Paul because Chris Paul is just going to make him look silly, go around and get to that, you know, 15-foot spot and drop it in. Or you saw the pick and roll, Aiton getting loose, and, yeah, I mean, they threw Bobby Portis at him. Bobby Portis couldn't do anything to Chris Paul. Chris Paul just had his way last night, and I think that's what we're going to see from Chris Paul all series. We're getting the Chris Paul that we expected to see if he ever made a finals. And he's putting the team on his back, you know, even at his age. I think he wants it. He's You see it in his eyes. He's not letting this moment go by him. And I'm okay with it. I, I, I hope Phoenix wins this one. And Milwaukee, they're young enough that they're going to get other opportunities. I want to see Chris Paul get this title. He deserves it. You know, all, all this backlash, you know, he always got hurt. And it, it seemed like in big moments and big games. So he missed out and, and then his teams end up dropping the ball so you know he, he's healthy even though this playoffs he hasn't been fully healthy um he had the issue in the lakers series with the shoulder came back fought won. he had was that covid scare last last series 
ended up coming back huge for him. That yeah, I mean, if, if it wasn't for Chris Paul, I mean, that's going to a game seven. I mean, he, he again, he just shows up, and when the mo- the moment's never too big for him, and that's what you get for from a sixteen year vet. You know, yes, it's his first debut, first game in the finals ever, but you had a sense that the moment it wasn't going to be too big for him because he, he's been in the league for so long and just he's so smart. I mean, he, he's he's making plays before you know Milwaukee even knows what to do, what's to do on defense. So I I think I expected that from him. I, but you know, now it's guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Were they going to struggle because they're young guys in their first ever playoff appearance and then now Finals appearance? So I was expecting you know Booker to get those nerves out. Uh, you know, Ayton played really well though. I if he's going to be this efficient. I don't know who can stop him down there. I mean, you can throw Lopez at. I just I think Lopez is too slow for him. So you got DeAndre Ayton. That just adds another element, which I, I've been known to call him soft and uh, not really a big. But you know, like like they've mentioned, like Chris Paul really got the best out of him, and it shows. He's not soft anymore. He, he can catch these lobs down in the paint and just easy dunks. So eight for ten. I mean, you're eighty percent there. Four for four from the free throw line. You're getting your chances, and Chris Paul getting you in those spots. That's why it's going to be tough. And with Drew Holiday, I mean, he has not had a good playoffs, and he's lucky. The Bucks are lucky as a whole that Kyrie got hurt because he wasn't able to stop Kyrie like like I thought he was going to, and uh, he struggled against him. But Kyrie goes down, and you know Milwaukee's in the finals, so I think Drew Holiday needs to step up. I mean, you were brought here to be a better piece than. Bledsoe and Bledsoe's gone and you're if inefficient you're not guarding like you used to and you're just you're not scoring you, you know he all I think he almost had 10 assists but uh you know the plus minus he was minus 16 on the court that was second worst for the Bucks. so Drew Holiday needs to be better you know PJ Tucker who is he really gonna try and guard I mean do you put him on Devin Booker who knows but that's another guy. You got these defensive-minded players, and you got to figure out what matchup favors them because otherwise you're going to get worked like what they were, what the Suns were able to do. So um, the big three, you got to stop them. You got to stop them. And this asterisk talk because the Suns hadn't faced a fully healthy team. I mean, it's just like the NFL. Nobody's really healthy come playoff time. There's usually one team that stays healthy, and the rest of the league is hurt. And in this case, Milwaukee's pretty dang healthy too. Like, I, I'm not – if it comes out, Phoenix wins, and, you know, Giannis it wasn't 100%. Listen, Giannis himself isn't making that excuse. And Phoenix has every right to deserve – every right to be here and deserves to be here because they beat the teams that were put in front of them. So – you could put an asterisk on any NBA season, really, any NFL season, any MLB season. There's always going to be injuries in the game just because a path was, quote-unquote, easier doesn't diminish the fact that the team earned the title because, you know, they're there. They made it, and they won. So, I, you know, if Phoenix come, comes out and controls this series, I mean, they controlled basically every series they played. I think with the healthy Kawhi, you know that series would have been different, but I, I still think Phoenix would have came out on the on the on the top. So you you can't put everything on the injuries and players missing. The, the team is just loaded, healthy, and stacked at 
you know, with with their big three. They can compete with anybody. I mean, that's how good they are. Now, next year, yeah, of course it's going to be harder to repeat if, you know, Anthony Davis is back, Lakers are a different team, and we'll see what happens this offseason where guys go. But, you know, you're going to have a Kawhi, if he can stay healthy come playoff time next year. I mean, he does these load management, and he's still getting hurt out there. So maybe it's just he's just too fragile. I mean, he, he was able to stay healthy for two finals runs, but, I mean, that's really about it. You can't count on the guy. Um, so the West is going to look different. You got Jamal Murray coming back, and then you know you got Aaron Gordon there. That's going to be a fun team there uh, in Denver. Michael Porter, he really put on this postseason when Murray was gone. So you got him feeling confident going into next year. Uh, I think Denver is going to be a little more dangerous than they have been the last couple. So that's going to be fun. Uh, and then on the East, I mean, you got injuries that happened over here too. So Milwaukee – Benefited from that. Philadelphia couldn't get out of the Atlanta series. Uh, you know, Embiid was hurt a couple games, but came back. Uh, I think if he's 100%, Philly's different. It, who knows what happens with Ben Simmons? Of course, he's missing the Olympic games and basketball to work on his game, which, I mean, I, I feel like I heard that before. He's just, I, I don't know, you got to figure out where to move him if he's got any value. I'm sure he does him. He's young, one of the top Defenders in the league, top three, but yeah, it's the shooting. So if he spends all summer working on his shooting and can be somewhat competent behind the three-point line or at the free-throw line, I should say, I you just got to get to – if he can somehow get to 65 70%, I'll, I'll take 65 for Ben Simmons. If free throw – if you can jump your free-throw percentage up to 65% next year, then I might believe that your off-season off work – worked you know I just you can't just how bad he was in this playoffs I mean again that's a reason why they lost if he can hit some free throws it's just you can't I mean he's a career 60 59.7 percent free throw shooter not even 60 percent I know he's right there but I that's terrible that's terrible and then this playoffs it was even worse so, you know, his confidence shot for a former number number one pick, you got to be better than that, especially in these moments. I mean, Philly kept saying the process, the process, the process. Just believe in the process. Well, we're now how many years in the process, and you still didn't make a, you know, there was no conference finals appearance over here. You got to do better. You just got to do better. So they, they got some things to say, but – um, back to Phoenix, I, I just I think it's going to be pretty tough for Milwaukee to compete in a seven-game series if it goes seven. Uh, I think it might go five or six. Uh, Phoenix is just too loaded. But um, here's Chris Paul after the game when you know talking about you know between him, Aiden, and Booker, why things just work out so well. It's trust. It's trust. We've been building all season long for these moments. We're going to keep playing. It's just one game. Got to stay locked in. So there you have it. Just trust. These guys trust each other out there. And you can see it. I mean, it's it's just it, the game comes easy to him, especially a vet like Chris Paul. I mean, he's got a mind. It seems like Tom Brady, you throw any defense at him, they're going to find a way to cut and dissect you. So that's what I'm saying. I, I think Milwaukee's always been a great defensive team. 
Uh, they haven't really been able to defend the three well, and the Suns can shoot it pretty well. Uh, you, you know, Chris Paul went four for seven last night behind the three. He, he's This is going to be Chris Paul all, all, all series. I don't think he's going to have a bad series unless Drew Holiday can step it up and, and guard him, but I doubt it. So I think, again, Phoenix, I'm going to say Phoenix in six. Phoenix in six. But we got basketball. I want to go back into some football. We got a team here, America's team, slated to be on hard knocks for their third time. Uh, Jerry Jones just putting the team in the spotlight again. Now, I don't like these hard knocks. I think it's a distraction for the teams. And for a team like Dallas, who already has a spotlight, it's just it's annoying. I don't want to hear people talk about, oh, hard knocks. And it's probably going to get the best ratings because, again, America's team, it's the Cowboys. They do everything big down there. Uh, but I just I don't really care about the Cowboys. And we got to sit here and watch them on HBO. Uh, well, you don't have to watch them. I won't probably watch it. I probably will watch an episode or two. Never mind. I won't even lie. But, you know, last time it was more interesting. I mean, you had Tony Romo. You had Terrell Owens. You had Adam Pacman Jones. You had some stars there. You got some stars now, too. You got Dak coming off of his, you know, season-ending injury. And what will we see? Like, what will we see out of the Dallas Cowboys? But I'm less worried about the players, and I'm more worried about Mike McCarthy. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, that relationship did not go well. He didn't respect him, the coach he was. So I'm interested to see how Mike McCarthy acts and how he is portrayed in this series, because I, I think in year two, you're in the hot seat. You're on the hot seat already, Mike McCarthy. You go 6-10 and 10 last season. You should have won that division. That division was abysmal, and Cowboys couldn't come out on top. And I just think this year, I, I, it's, it, the division's even worse this year. Everybody could tell about, talk to me about the Giants and what they were able to do. I, I don't think they upgraded really at all. You still got Daniel Jones at quarterback. He hasn't shown any signs of improvement. You got the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think are just a full rebuild. I think they're done. And, and you got the Washington uh, football team, which defensively, I think they're legit. But when you got Ryan Fitzpatrick now on his, what is it, like 100th team and coming in as a 40-year-old, that just doesn't show to me a division-winning team. So it's Dallas Cowboys. I think it's the Cowboys or no one. And if they come out of there, I, I think they have to win at least 10 games. They got to go 10 and 7. If they go 9 and 8, I'm telling you that's a big failure. Even if they win the division at 9 and 8, that's a big failure to me. This team has too much talent to be just above 500. 10 and 7, I can give you. 10 and 7. With the extra game, 10 and 7. I, I think you can easily pull that out. I just, you know, with this roster, there's no excuse. And, and so uh, if if McCarthy wins the division at 9-8 and eight and, and sticks around and this offense doesn't look as good in year two as it should, I mean, you know, Dak has put up huge numbers. And he was putting up big numbers before he went down last year in Mike McCarthy's offense, but they still had a losing record. They were like 1-3. And they won the, the the last game he started, but they were down at that point when he went out and, and ended up winning by a field goal against the Giants. So I really – McCarthy has to prove that he's a good enough 
signal caller to keep this job. And if Jerry Jones keeps him for another year after a mediocre finish with the division that they're in, I, it just goes to show again why I, he shouldn't be really making the decisions up there and his son should finally take over, but he kind of has the last say. I, I, Mike McCarthy, that didn't make sense. The hiring there when they did it, it still doesn't make sense now. So I, I he's got a lot to prove. And you got his old buddy on the other end, and Aaron Rodgers here, holding out of Green Bay, still hasn't been back. He he made an appearance yesterday on TV with the match. Him, Bryson DeChambeau, ended up beating Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Uh, didn't get to watch any of it, unfortunately, um, but it sounded fun like it always is. There was a lot of chirping. Aaron Rodgers going full hippie out there. He's got the long hair flowing. Um, but, you know, he, he was asked before the match even, you know, what's going on in Green Bay, and he, he was just like, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to work on my mental health. And it, he seems in a good place mentally. Uh, you know, I think it really has helped him being away from this organization. He said he hasn't been felt depression, and and that's a good thing when a, when a player can kind of get rid of and feel rid of uh, those negative emotions. And I, I don't blame him for holding out. The Green Bay organization has not shown him the respect to get him guys in there uh, to help improve the team. I mean, you got to end up making trades here. No free agent really wants to go to Green Bay, so you you have to make a big splash. And they should have did everything they could to get Julio Jones over. I know I really am not high on Julio Jones, but to at least show him that you want him here, to show Rodgers that, hey, we're, we're trying to do something for you. But they haven't really done that, and, and they've done everything but that. I mean, they're, they're basically doing the opposite here. So, you know, Green Bay's got a lot a lot to do. Jordan Love is not ready. You get Bortles in here because you're probably going to have to start Bortles over Love if Rodgers doesn't show up, which, again, shows the confidence that they have in Jordan Love, which doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, it, it's, it's a bad spot for the Green Bay Packers, and you, you can't have your guy coming in his 17th year with the team holding out of training camp and not showing up. I mean, he if he doesn't show up, the Green Bay Packers are third in that division because I still think Detroit with Jared Goff is going to be terrible. Uh, I think they're, the Detroit's still going to lock that last spot up, but Green Bay is going to not be too far behind them. I, I mean, I see them as a six-win team without Rodgers, maybe even less than that. And the Bears, if the Bears can't win the division without Aaron Rodgers in there, then there's something, I mean, we already know what we think is wrong over there. But if Justin Fields isn't in there and they're not winning, I mean, that's why I think you got to make the move to Justin Fields is because you have a window of opportunity right now with Aaron Rodgers potentially not going to be able to play. You need a win now. I think Fields is your option, not Dalton. And with that defense that you still kind of have, it, I mean, it's not the defense of a few years ago. But you still got some key players on there. You, you got to make sure you execute with what you potentially might have with Rodgers out. So, yeah, the Bears. It's your it's your moment, and Minnesota's coming up on your heels too. I mean, defensively, I I still think they're terrible. So you're gonna be able to put some points and win some games against Minnesota. But uh, yeah, Minnesota and Green Bay. I mean. Green Bay, I just you need Rodgers, 
And I know they try to salvage things, but Rodgers isn't having it. So, I don't know. I, I kind of hope Rodgers forces his way out. I, I don't want him to go to Denver, but uh, I, I think – or take the season off and, and kind of recoup and see where Devonte Adams and, and, and you guys can next year, you can go somewhere together. Uh, because obviously Adams doesn't really want to play without Rodgers. But I think he still will. But he said he's got to think about his future as well if Rodgers is not there in in, uh, in the long future. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, hats off to Aaron Rodgers, though, coming out and saying he's working on his mental health. I love that. Everybody should think about themselves first before, you know, their organization, their company, before their bosses, before anybody else. You know, if you're not mentally healthy and you're not mentally okay, take the time that you need, get away from everything, focus on yourself, and get in a better state of mind. That's going to do it. But before I go, I got to shout out to Italy. Italy in the Euro 2020. They're, they're my favorite all the way. I'm hoping they lock it in that Forza Azuri. Probably said that wrong, but, you know, my Italian side of me is happy. You know, beating Spain in PKs. Got England against Denmark later on today. Denmark, heck of a story with, you know, Christian Eriksen going down, collapsing on the field, and basically dead for a few minutes before he had to get resuscitated and revived, and he's doing okay. I think he's out of the hospital now. But that Denmark, man, really fighting for him and playing for him. So you could see a potential another upset against England today who England always seems to drop the ball in in, in big games too so um, that'll be fun to watch well that's going to do it for me I'm Mikey Clutch and you have listened to the final play you have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com it's not just sports it's a way of life